Hey listeners and welcome to the Surf Coast Creators Podcast. I'm your host Ben Hucker and joining me for this episode of the podcast will be your co-host Jess Hucker. If this is your first time tuning into the pod, we hope you enjoy today's episode. But what is this podcast all about? Well, we tell the stories of doers, thinkers and creatives on the surf coast in Australia. Why do we do it? We think the coast is a melting pot of creative minds from the city, the country and the coast and we wanted to get their stories out there. Each episode is packed full of insight and a good dose of practical hints and tips from our guests. We hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast brought to you by Stonka in Torquay. Well, that's a very warm welcome to our first guest post our gap year, Jess. So episode number 52 with Leanne Robottom. Welcome to the Surf Coast Creators Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's all good. Thanks for coming on the show today. So you put your hand up on social media there when we did an announcement that we were coming back. So Really appreciate that. Do you just want to give our listeners a quick intro as to your business and what you're about? Sure. I'm a nutritionist and access consciousness facilitator and a mindfulness teacher. And I help women rewire their brains to break free from emotional overeating or mindless eating or binge eating without dieting. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome program. Can we just go back to when you started the business? And yeah, we talk about the transition from, say, full-time worker to entrepreneur or business owner or freelancer. And I know your business is over a decade old now, isn't it? So I don't know if it's fresh in your memory, but do you just want to tell us about the transition from whether it was full-time job or freelancer or whatnot into your business? Sure. So I've had my business just over 12 years. I've been a nutritionist for 18 years, but essentially for the first nine or so years, I was doing full-time remedial massage and healing energy work, the access consciousness and teaching meditation and doing nutrition consults. And before that, before I started working for myself, I was a sales rep as a nutritionist for bioceuticals and for pharma foods before that, which I loved. And I guess it was the stress of that and just feeling like I wanted to do things my own way and I wanted to have more freedom even though I had a reasonable amount of freedom as a sales rep I wanted more freedom and to do things my way and really express myself more within my business and use all of the skills that I had and tap into my awareness and spirituality more so that's when I started my own massage and healing business and then at the start of COVID they shut my massage business down and that was my main breadwinner at the time. I was still doing some nutrition consults, but I actually let go of nutrition consulting probably five years or so ago in my business because I didn't want to weigh and measure people anymore. So I completely let go of the weight loss side of things and I didn't know what that was going to look like. And for me, COVID was a blessing because I was able to, I had to be creative like most people pretty quickly. Mm when they shut down my business and I didn't have an income and it actually helped me really step into my power as a business owner and actually create what I actually wanted instead of doing full-time massage which was really exhausting so I then created I started in small steps and created just a three session program and then it grew to a bigger program and now it's either three or four months I am grateful for COVID in that way that I was actually really busy during lockdowns because people are at home battling with binge eating and emotional overeating yeah, it's like the perfect time to launch that type of business because <clears throat> actually we found that a lot with other guests on the podcast last year that Corona was a bit of a blessing in disguise because it helped a lot of people like yourself nail down their digital offering and one-on-one face-to-face offering as well over Zoom and 
other software tools. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was such a learning curve because I had a marketing and admin lady on for me at the time and a tech lady. So all of, And then she had to leave because of COVID. So then I suddenly had to learn all of these systems and I was never very confident with tech, whereas now I've, I now know how to do all of it. And you're constantly learning all the time, but I had to really take ownership and responsibility within my business and then create, yeah, put everything online. As you say, it was a whole new world for me. Yeah, and just going back to some of the benefits of your course and, you know, it's really getting down to that problem of binge eating and people's relationship with binge eating. So I gather this applies to males and females or is it more so females that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. It does apply to males as well. And I actually have a lot of, not a lot of males, but I've had some males reach out to me behind the scenes and just say, hey, I'm actually really battling with this as well. As a business owner, you guys listening would all know that you need one sort of target market to market to. So for me, it's busy women who are really stressed, who are battling with burnout and binge eating or emotional overeating or past trauma. But I have had a few men go through my program as well. So it's open to anybody with the feminine energy that I'm creating with my business. I probably tend to attract women and that's who it's driven towards. And women tend to battle with emotional eating more or be as a whole, which is very much a generalization. Men battle with emotional eating as well, but there seems to be a stronger link with women with hormonal fluctuations and emotions and that psychological attachment to food. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to come at it from a male's perspective because... I haven't really had issues with food and binge eating and stuff, but I know that once I turned 30, things reversed. Like during your 20s and even early 30s, you know, you used to eat whatever you want as a male and we'd strip off, especially if you're an active person. And now I find though that you really got to watch what you eat because it captures up with you. So I can Mm. see how it's relevant for males. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And I know in my 40s now, it definitely catches up. We don't hold a muscle like we used to in our 20s and probably don't train as hard and all that kind of thing. We're probably a bit more relaxed and confident in ourselves. So we're not as hard on ourselves with restriction and things like that, which we shouldn't be anyway. But definitely our bodies change as we get older. Yeah, it's a big one. And we've got a question there, Jess. Yeah. So I was just wondering where you're the non-diet approach came from? Like, why is that important to you in your business? Like, it's so different to what on social media. Like, I think it's a breath of fresh air, really. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's what I love about what I do. I battled with my own eating disorder when I was young, mainly through my 20s. I struggled on and off for 15, 20 years with emotional overeating, sometimes binge eating and bulimia. I was relatively fit and healthy person most of the time, but I did struggle with that on and off and it was became my mission and my passion to help others. But it was only kind of five years or so ago when I started to talk about my own struggles publicly, which helped me release that last bit of shame and judgment that I had about that. And then I could go on and help others. And I know in answer to your question about dieting, I know from all of those years consulting people in weight loss, how it just triggered more eating for people. Every time we binge on the foods that we restrict. So as soon as there's, if your brain is already wired, if you've already accidentally created that habit of emotional overeating or mindless eating or binge eating or just overeating big meals, when you place harsh restrictions with food, it actually triggers eating. And there's lots of research to to prove that too. If you do already have that problem, it actually just causes more eating. So it's finding that happy medium and that there's a whole process to that, making peace with food, et cetera. 
Yeah. yeah. It's like that. Is it like when you see a car that you might want to go buy and then you, all of a sudden you keep seeing that car everywhere? It's, oh, I can't have so X, Y, Z. And then see you the start Krispy seeing Kreme donuts. Yeah, you see it everywhere. And you start to see Krispy Kremes everywhere and start dreaming about them. Yeah, absolutely. If someone says you can never eat Krispy Kremes or chocolate again, all you can think about is Krispy yeah. Kremes and chocolate. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's that a human nature. We don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And we don't like, being restricted we want to have choice and yeah there's a lot to this is all brain science behind it as well where those urges come from but that is part of it definitely and so that come so you work through that through mindfulness techniques or is it how do you know about that yeah so one of the things is calming the survival mode that's causing the urges to binge and part of that is nutrition and nourishing your body adequately and regulating all your hormones your moods your emotions blood sugar levels to calm down the food cravings and also calm down the urges to binge it all comes back to our primal brain and the brain trying to keep us safe so when we're dieting and not eating enough our brain thinks you're in danger so it drives you to overeat and then it becomes a habit and that's another whole story around that does that answer your question jess yeah yeah Um, it's good and in terms of growing your business, Leanne, it's such a sensitive topic for both males and females. And how do you go about growing your following, your business? When you Does it feel like you're walking on eggshells every day or you just got so much confidence in what you have to offer that you openly reach out to people? And yeah, what are some of your methods for getting clients? Yeah, great question. I've got an awesome business coach. I'm in a business coaching program, like a 12-month program. And this is one of the women who really inspire me. She's professional and yet really feminine and heart-centered the way we are encouraged to do things. So I've got a step-by-step system where I support women through a private Facebook group who are my ideal clients who are found to be reaching out for help and they need support and nurturing. So I give them lots of free support within the group if they're battling with emotional overeating or body image. And then then we have conversations around that and see what they need. So the I use my personal Facebook page and then the personal, sorry, the private Facebook group is the main funnel. I'm still on Instagram now, but I don't focus on it like I used to. That is the main way I go about it. And within this private Facebook group, I do live trainings every week. So it's a full training where people in the group get online and I can ask all their questions and it's actually a proper training on a topic to help them shift their belief systems and things that are holding them back. Yeah, so it's more, it sounds like it's more organic than anything rather than posting up Facebook ads and things like that and being your face. It's more of a nurturing, caring. And actually, Jess commented before we started the podcast that you reached out to her once upon a time yeah. and it was done in a really friendly manner and a really great way to get the word out there for your business and what you have to offer. So Great. That's nice to hear. Yeah, and that's what I love about the coaching that I'm getting. It's really just treating people as real people and connecting with women like you would want to be connected with as well and in a really genuine, loving way and uh, and supporting them in, until they're ready, if and when they're ready to get some help. Yeah, that's. Uh, it sounds like a great business model. So how many sort of clients are you working with at a time? Do you restrict that or you take on as many as you can? That, or... Yeah, I don't restrict it. However, it's people have to fit the program. It has to fit their needs and they have to be the right fit. I was doing one-on-one clients, one-on-one coaching. Now I'm converting into group coaching. So now I've got a small intimate group of women 
and building that day by day and building a, a new program or revamping a program. So they've got access to a different, a separate private Facebook group for only people in the program where there's all video content and all the strategy that they need. But the gold is in the group coaching calls where they really experience not only one-to-one access with me, but also the community and the connection and the unconditional love where they're absolutely able to speak their truth and say what's really going on and be really real about what's happening with food in their body. And then when they realize everyone else is having the same challenges, it really shifts the shame and the judgment about that. And it, and that's the stuff that keeps you stuck is the shame and judgment around themselves and their eating. And then I'm finding this is really accelerating people's healing because it's far more powerful than just speaking one-on-one with me and getting the clearings and the strategy. So that connection is when we binge eat or emotionally eat, we're actually craving connection most of the time or self-love. So yeah. they get all that as well. Yeah, cool. So just with regard to the process, so what is the first step for like a female or male that's struggling with binge eating? What is that first step on the journey to not getting rid of those cravings but managing those cravings and binge eating? What is the very, very first step? Just as a kind of practical takeaway too for listeners. Sure. I would say nourish your body adequately. So you want to be looking at three meals a day and making sure you've got enough protein in your meals, not skipping breakfast, making sure we're grounding down your blood sugar levels and regulating all of that before the next bits can happen because that will start to calm down the food cravings and the urges to binge. Yeah, excellent. So you work with vegans, vegetarians, carnivores, the works? I do, yep. It's a little bit trickier for those as we do need to get adequate protein, but it's I do work with everybody, yep. Yeah, excellent. So business has been going 10 years. It sounds like we've had a recession in there at some point. Yeah, we did during Corona. So there's been some ups and downs during that cycle of 10 years, I imagine. What's, what do you think is, has been your biggest challenge as a business owner? For me, Ben, it would be balancing all the legs of my business and I'm constantly considering putting on a VA and I've started the process of that, balancing all the marketing, all the social media. I write all of my own content. I do all the sales calls. I do all the showing up online as well as all the admin and all the onboarding of clients and all the Facebook community management. So there's a lot of work to be done. So for me, it's staying out of stress and keep grounding and that's why i practice what I preach and do my breathing and meditation every day, walk the dog, surf, and just make time for it. Even though you think you don't have time, I'd have to do that so that I don't burn out basically. Yeah. Yeah. We find the same thing. And with running Stonkast, still working my full-time job, running the podcast, being Mm. parents to a newborn. So yeah, a lot happening. And we're actually in the process of looking for a virtual assistant as well. So if you find any, let us know. I've got a great company that our business coaching group goes through. I can send you the link afterwards if you like. That would be awesome because I'm sure it's an issue and a problem with with others. I know that freelancers can go from the cushy corporate job or whatever to freelancing sort of 80, 90 hours a week where you never, ever switch off. So it can be quite difficult. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the biggest challenge for sure. And I also saw in the notes that you're a WA girl. So is that right? Or you just went to uni in WA? Yeah, just went to uni in WA. Lived there for three years. Had a great time. I was in my mid-20s, so I had lots of fun as well. Yeah, cool. (laughs) But that's where I studied my dietetics degree. 
Yeah. Very nice. So always been a coastal girl or where were you from originally? No, I was born in Frankston in Melbourne, but I grew up in Warrigal in Gippsland for most of my childhood oh, wow. until I was 18. Yeah. Oh, cool. So how long on the coast now, the surf coast? On the surf coast, six years now. So four more years and you get your passport, official surf coast passport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's 10 years for... Yeah, <laughs> ten years for Torquay, twenty years for Jan Duck, don't they say? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. I've heard. <laughs> Nearly there. Oh, I'm surfing now too, so I fit in a bit better now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, cool. So, what sort of setup have you got just for your surfboard? Are you a longboarder? I'm a longboarder, eight foot. Eight foot. Usually out of fifty point. Yeah, two two foot waves and clean, perfect for me. <laughs> ah, nice. So you've been out a lot. It's been a few two-footers getting around the last fortnight. Have you been out much in the surf? Yeah, yeah, a couple of days in the last week and then again at the start of this week. Yeah, it was awesome. Ah, very nice. So it's an awesome story, Leanne. You're doing a lot of good work for females and some males mixed in there as well. So who inspires you to keep on going? And I guess who inspires you in business? Who inspires you in life? That was a tricky one. I feel like the first thing that come to mind is just the women in my business coaching group and my the head business coach who guides us and teaches us how to build a successful business in a really loving way. I just really love how genuine and feminine it is as well as processes and structure and business. And it's such a steep learning curve for me, but I've just got so much respect for the way they do things because we've actually got a mindset coach and everything to keep us on track. And when we're doubting ourselves and you you doubt yourself and you think, oh, things get hard, but we've got that emotional support as well as the systems and the structure. And we've been so beautifully supported the whole way through this and we've got all the support we need. So I just really admire the way they do it. And I only hope to be as good a coach as they are. Yeah, that's. Do you want to give them a shout out, or are they a closed private program? Or yeah, so I found Sophie Musumeci through Real Entrepreneur Women, which okay. is a Facebook. It's a free Facebook group that you can, if you're a female, it's for female coaches. Whether you're a business coach or a, a health coach, anything at all. And then now I've been in their Wealthy Women Mastermind program, which is the paid program when you pay for coaching with Sophie. And then now I'm in the Ascension program, which is the next level up. So that is that. So you do that one for twelve months, or you? Sorry, when did you start that one? I started the paid program in December, just before Christmas last year. Oh yeah. And then yeah, yeah so I was only in it for a, a, probably four months or something before I went into the next Ascension level. So yep. yeah, still a steep learning curve because now I'm doing the next bit. So, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> Yeah, I have to like second that with regard to the support from a good network. There's nothing more valuable in business, I find. If you have a bad day as a business person, it can be pretty pretty lonely. So yeah, to have that support network and even if you pay for it, then it's probably more valuable if you pay for it. But I guess you can have more informal networks as well. So yeah, that's that'd be super important. Yeah, because it, be, it can become quite isolating, can't it? And then you get stuck oh. in your own headspace when you start yeah. doubting things and you need that team around you to support you and bring you out of it. Yeah, you only need one day of organic outreach and no one responding to you and you think it's all over. <laughs> when reality yeah. is people are busy and they've probably got stuff on their mind and they might come back to you Friday and you think, well, actually Wednesday wasn't, a, wasn't such a bad day. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, it's an awesome model, Leanne. So I love the coaching model and the one-on-one face-to-face stuff. So is Zoom and other online software tools a big part of your business now? Yeah. So Zoom would be the main thing. And then obviously things like Canva for creating social media content. I use Halaxy as my electronic diary where I just schedule everything in for the day. I also use Google Drive, which is really great for sharing documents with people. So keeping it simple with that rather than I do PowerPoint presentations as well for my coaching for the online trainings that I'll do when they that they get in the program but the Google Drive documents are really handy for sharing because you can still edit the content as you change and evolve and grow and then yeah OneDrive and Slack we use for communicating with the business group that I'm in that's really helpful and then Messenger and Voxer for clients for paid clients. Very cool so what was the one that you used to manage your day-to-day that starts with P? It's called Halaxy. So oh, Halaxy. H, <laughs> close. Yeah, it's a H. And it, it's like Clinico. You don't pay for it, only for the SMS reminders for your appointments right. that automatically go at 22 cents per client. Yeah, it's really inexpensive and really professional. A lot of like psychologists and health practitioners use it. Ah, okay. Yep. It's, it sounds similar to Calumbly in that case, but more directed at healthcare staff. I've got, yeah, sorry, Calumbly is something that I use as well. That's separate again. That's yep. where I have the questionnaire to for people to, I send them the link to book their call with me and then they have to fill out a questionnaire to qualify them to get on the call and then that's when we chat about what their needs are, for example. And so Halaxy is more like Clinico, one of those other diaries and Calendly is quite different to that. Yeah, cool. And from those, do you have a favourite, like a, just a software or app tool that you just cannot operate without? Probably, yeah, Halaxy, the diary, obviously, and then Calendly is great just for booking in those appointments and qualifying people is really handy. It's sensational, isn't it? We used it last year to book about 30-odd students into our online mini masterclasses, and it was so good. People commented how professional it was, and you send a reminder text message, and it's pretty low cost as well. Yeah, it's awesome. You can build it, integrate Stripe and other things, so you can collect money when people out of booking to their calendar. So it's such a good tool. Yes, I'm probably not using it to its full potential at the moment. I'm just using it to book the free call that I provide. So there's so much more you can do with it by the sound of it. Yep. No, it's really good because you can, yeah, if you need to like, like you said, qualify clients or figure out who is actually going to show up to, for us, the course. It was good because they had to pay and commit to it. And so we just sent them Mm -hmm. the link and then obviously... Yeah, you have to put in your details, pay to show your commitment. and Yeah, it's a good tool. It's great. Getting that full commitment is great, isn't it? That's what you need before you you speak to people, I think. Yeah, and one more subject I wanted to talk about, Leanne, it's just going to be a big subject going forward since we've had a newborn, but family. So do you have kids yourself? No, I don't have any kids. I've just got a very fat bulldog. Oh, (laughs) nice. And a tongue that hangs out the side. <laughs> Actually, we've seen that bulldog down on the Esplanade. We've met him. We've met him. Would have. Yep. What's yeah, his name? No, just, just myself and Penny the bulldog. Penny, Penny, Penny pudding head. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's just going to talk about juggling family life and social life. And as a single lady, just managing the pressures of relationships and other things. How do you go about that? Is it... 
a case of compartmentalizing or do you build it into your business and manage it that way? I feel like that's probably like everything's smooth sailing at the moment, but there's always relationship challenges or emotional challenges I find do affect my business. And that's probably one of my biggest challenges is to not let those emotional things affect my energy. Because I find that even if you're showing up online doing the thing, if your energy's off, you can't really fake that either. You've got to really yeah. heal and be really aware and take responsibility to be feeling good so that you can support people and do the job you've got to do. Yeah, it's just I can see how relationship breakups and difficulties with relationships could Definitely. spur people onto binge eating and could be the, Absolutely. the trigger in some cases for those events. It's actually huge. I find there's a really direct link with lack of communication or connection with their partner or lack of intimacy very much affects their eating because they're looking for it in food without realising it. But once the relationship heals, that's when their food, their relationship with food also changes as well. So it ends up when they heal their relationship with themselves and food in their body, it ends up affecting all of their life, including their relationships. Yeah, we've... Can vouch for that. We've definitely had some food related issues and it's affected aspects of our relationship, hasn't it, Jess? So we've tried different things, like we went vegan for 14 months, we've done slow carb and other things. We like experimenting all the same, just experimenting with different stuff and what makes you feel good. And yeah, and I think that would be my advice there is focus on what makes you feel good instead of being too harsh and restrictive. Just eat foods that make your body feel good. And that can change from time to time too. You might find it feels good to eat quite vegetarian for a while or something else for a while, but it's just being kind to yourself and letting your body tell you what it needs. And I think after like really hard times, like when we've been like speaking from my own personal point of view when I've been going through challenging times like I definitely run to the cupboard or to find I don't know what it is it's just mindless eating pretty much so I can see how like you're working through that being more intuitive with your eating or being aware of it would be so helpful especially in those situations Absolutely. And it's not until you get underneath why that's actually happening for you as an individual that it will change for the long term. So it's needing to, you've got to be ready to become more aware of what's going on and look at yourself with my support and facilitation. And yeah, you're right. It's just so common and it can happen to everybody for all sort of different reasons at different times of your life too. Yeah. And do you offer, so just say someone isn't quite finished with their course at three months, can they extend and just work through those parts of the, that they're missing or they're not quite getting? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I have an advanced program, which sort of takes them to the next level to, as you say, mop up the things that we either haven't covered yet or things that aren't resonating or belief systems that still haven't shifted. If they've had a lot of like abuse and trauma around food in their bodies at a young age, they've been living this way for their whole life. So it can take longer for some people to shift that. Sometimes it takes more than three months and that's why they might still battling a bit. But everyone breaks the habit of binge eating, but then it's just refining the rest of it, that relationship and the trust that they have within themselves and their bodies and making peace with food and sometimes it's too early to go on your own at that point so then there is the next stage as well for some people yeah and as a personal trainer I see this 
pretty much every day people talking about what they ate the night before. Oh, I've got to burn off all that chocolate cake or just whatever. Like they come in with such guilt about the night before, the day before. And I really like the non-diet approach, even though we have played around with what our <laughs> diet. I do really like that and I try and pass it on to my clients. So I'm actually really grateful for talking to you today because I can push my clients to come and speak to you because it is such a big issue with pretty much, I don't know, like when I had the gym, everyone would come in and it's like they'd confess what they ate for the day. Bad person. Yeah, it's, yeah. The morality that's attached to eating is crazy when you think about it. It's insane yeah. to go, I'm a bad person for eating a bad food in inverted commas. Nothing's yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a process to get to that point too. It's not, oh, just listen to your body. It's not that easy. It's yeah, clearing yeah. Out the way, then developing that healthy relationship with food so that you can do, and get in touch with your body again so that you are able to listen to it and have those, whatever you want to call it, playful foods or yummy foods or less nutritious foods when your body actually feels like it, not just out of habit where it's a compulsion and you can't actually stop it. Yeah, good words, wise words of advice there. So where can our listeners go to find out more about your programs? I would say, uh, so where you can find me would be on my Facebook page. It's actually just under my Leanne Rowbottom personal Facebook page. And then you can join my private group, the Food Freedom and Body Love Sisterhood for Awakened Women. Hey guys, we do apologise. We just lost audio there with Leanne, but uh, thanks so much to Leanne for coming on the Surf Coast Creators podcast. What an awesome lady. And what a great chat. So just to reiterate, head to Leanne's personal Facebook page, Leanne Rowbottom, and also check out her private Facebook group. This has been episode 52 of the Surf Coast Creators Podcast, brought to you by your host Ben Hucker and Jessica Hucker, proudly brought to you by Stonker on the Surf Coast in Australia.